Would you like an opinion on a financial matter you're dealing with? Whether it's about retirement, investments, taxes, or 401ks, Scott Hansen and Pat McLean would like to help you by answering your call. To join Allworth's Money Matters, call now at 833-99-WORTH. That's 833-99-WORTH. Welcome to All Worth's Money Matters. Scott Hansen, Pat McLean, thanks for joining us. That's right. We're glad. Actually, we are glad we have people listen to our program. I mean, it's funny. Uh, we've been doing this program, Pat, for 27 years on financial matters. Uh, now a podcast, but we started in terrestrial radio. But correct. And we, still some, but it's most of our listeners are podcast listeners. That, that's correct. Yeah. We talk about financial matters. If this is your first time joining us, we're going to talk about financial matters. We're going to get to it in a moment. But I had a friend of mine. Um, I've known him. Actually, he did some work for us a number of years ago. Now I think about it, five years ago, and some kind of a marketing thing. And um, he says to me, I got a text. Hey, I listened to your show this weekend. You guys are actually really good. <laughs> then, then, I saw, then I saw him uh, be around Thanksgiving. He's like, I, I downloaded some of your podcast. I'm really enjoying listening to you guys. And I'm thinking, we've only been doing it 27 years. Like, just now caught in? <laughs> okay. Whatever. That's all right. I don't care. We don't yeah, care. It doesn't. Listen, as long as listen somebody's or don't listen. listen. Yeah, whatever you want. Well, someone has to listen. If you don't listen, we'll have to go off the air. Yeah. And um, as you know, we talk about financial matters and try to help you make wise choices with your finances. And it is not easy being an investor. Go on. If you look at studies, most individual investors, they're performance is far below what the markets do because it's hard to own things when they're out of favor, whether it's individual companies or it's the broad markets or an asset class or very difficult. And cause there's typically value stocks when growth are in favor, even though value were doing fine, growth were doing much better. So your perceive your perception is, Oh, these value are terrible because that other one did better. And I'm like, well, We'd be happy with what we did there before if we weren't comparing it to something else. And things just go in and out of favor at times, and it's really challenging, both for individual investors and, frankly, institutional investors, professional investors struggle as well. I'll never forget, in 1999, 1999, the NASDAQ was up 85% for the year. 85% in nineteen ninety. I remember it. Yes. Phenomenal. Uh, <laughs> I hated going to the gym more than normal. Because <laughs> more than normal, more than normal, because of everyone wanting to come up and talk to me about the dot com. Not everybody, people that I knew, like like a Mark Wahlberg well, walking into the gym, <laughs> <laughs> like Matt Damon and I are hanging out together. Not everybody, some people, occasionally someone might <laughs> come up and want to talk to me about their dot coms. That was back in the day, yeah. 19. Oh, yeah. 99, it just... And so the broad S&P 500, I'm trying to go off memory here, was up roughly 20%. But most of that 20% came from growth stocks and large growth stocks. So smaller companies and small value companies got hammered. And what is a small value company, Scott? It's a company that's got a, a, a business, clear business plan. They've got revenues. They've got a market. They've got profitability. Profitability. Investors would buy them because well, they're going to continue to execute on this business plan. It's making money. It's going to be good for me. As opposed and they'll to, get larger over time with consistent earnings. Yes. Can, with the, Following their playbook. A growth company is one that maybe their earnings aren't much right now. Maybe they're nothing at all. But what they're working on can really be pretty spectacular in the future. And it might work out great. Might not. But it might be a home run. So let's, that, that's, a, that's kind of the broad differences. But small cap values, th those stocks were negative for the year. And I had a friend of mine at the time. He, he was the CEO. This is 1999. 1999, CEO of a publicly traded company. They were small cap at the time. And uh, I actually remember talking to him at the gym. This was like in December of 99. He says, he looked totally beat up. He says, don't ever go public. I remember him. I remember and him I said, saying that. I said, uh, what, what, like, what? He says, every morning... I'm on the phone at 5.30 answering calls from Fidelity, Vanguard. Some of them investors, some of them analysts. Yeah. But no, a lot of them were, he says, 
Yeah, Vanguard owns a million dollars, a million shares of me. Yeah, <laughs> through their mutual funds. Through their mutual funds. Yeah. yeah, yeah, owns a million shares of me. That's how he felt. Like, and he was just getting hammered. Like, they wanted to know why his stock price was going down, and it was going down because investors were not excited with small cap stocks. They were selling those and buying the hot stocks of the day. Yes. I didn't sell well, I didn't sell mine. I owned shares in that company. As did I. What if you look at what happened over the subsequent year, three years, five years, ten years, twenty two years those later? Those investors who bailed out on the and small cap stocks in general as a whole category performed very well during that that period of time. So I think my point is it's really hard to own things that are out of favor particularly when other things are doing really well. Right now is a little cha- different times cuz everything kind of stinks. Pretty much everything's <laughs> out of favor. But but no, but I'm going to I'm going to counter that Scott. There I, I listen to the radio all the time and there's new the new bright and shiny that will fix your problem. They are the new bright and shiny that will fix your problem, which is what? Well, it, it's gold. But that, that hasn't worked. Literally, but that's not how it's marketed. And it, but after a while that story gets a little but old, it's right? It's not how it's marketed. It's gold. It's other uh, active management where uh, there are hedge strategies put in place in order to protect the downside. There is um, there is uh, market timing, active, what they call it, active. Yeah, these these market tr- time. But it's the bright and shiny. It's the bright and shiny. So there isn't a lot of alternatives to asset classes because most asset classes are doing poorly, but there isn't alternative to the buy and hold strategy which by the way most pension plans most pension funds employ the buy and hold strategy the active 60 40 70 30 yeah. forget in. about it yeah, you make, make some changes you're making, but oh, it's the portfolios on a weekly basis in most cases there's a lot of these stru- there's these structured products they have out now pat that will you've seen these they've got some sort of buffer and as long as the, mar- the thing is within this range, then something. But if the market falls below 20%, then suddenly now you're participating in losses, but you've avoided them to that sort of time. And, and that's the bright and shiny. That's the bright and shiny. Those sort of things. And our point is the cost associated with those. Over the long, they might make you feel good over the short period of time. But the cost associated with those is tremendous. I mean, it's, it's not just the internal fees, but it's what, what are you leaving to go into those strategies? What and, are you selling out of? And do you, what are you giving up on? Do you under- are you giving up on the small cap stock equivalent of the 1999? And are you actually, do you understand the protection that they're actually providing? Most because people don't. They don't because they're not all We're also seen in insurance products. Yes. It's equity index annuities or however they're structured with money's locked up forever. You don't really know what's going on. It's hard to get your money out. Yeah. You don't participate in dividends. Or most of the market <laughs> increase. Oh, most yeah. of it too. Markets go through big swings. The, co- correct. You can I have mean, 12 month periods where you can have the market up 30% and 12 month periods where it's down 20%. Which is, if you're cap- if you, at eight or 10 or 12, it's, it's, it doesn't, you, you, it, it obliterates the purpose of actually having a diversified portfolio. Anyway, let's, uh, let's take a couple calls because we got people who'd like to join us. If you want to be part of the program, 833 worth is the number 833-99-WORTH. We are in Florida talking with Chris. Chris, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Listen, I love your show. I learn a lot, and I'm making a really major decision with my life and my family. And I thought, man, let me bounce it off of you guys and see what you think. All right. Nope, no so pressure I, there. <laughs> no no pressure there. I wish I would have slapped yeah. more. It reminds, it reminds me, years ago, a couple came in, that, and I said, how long have you been married? And they said, oh, we're not married. We've just been living together for 23 years. And I was just totally kidding. I turned to the husband. I said, when are you going to make her an honest woman? And they came back in two weeks later with their wedding rings on. We took your advice, Scott. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> I, didn't, I don't know. I was just kidding. Like, I don't know you guys. I'm not going to give that kind of advice. Wow. So, but uh, yeah, that's good. yeah, my wife wanted to be in the conference call. I said, no way, honey. You know, you're not going to be on the conference yeah, call. Yeah, don't oh, involve yeah. her in any life decisions, Chris. <laughs> no, right. I know, I know, I know. She's in Miami where we live. I'm up in Cincinnati doing work. Got it. What could we do uh, for you? So, well, this is what we want to do. All right. I, I, I want to buy a home, and I don't need to buy a home. 
But the pandemic has showed me the downfall of living in a condominium in Miami. And, uh, and so I was thinking, I think I have the money and the cash flow, but I wanted to bounce it off of you guys and see if I'm thinking right or I'm too emotional in my decision. All right. So basically, okay, uh, I was going to take the money from a job that I'm going to get later on in California, uh, uh, some work I'm going to do with, uh, with my work with the fire department, and then going to pay the monthly, uh, the PITI and the expenses from my, my retirement account. I'm retired. I'm a retired firefighter for the last 10 years, but I have a small business training. Okay. Uh, emergency responders and first responders. Uh-huh. So, so uh, go ahead. How much is your pension? Yes. How much is your pension? No, I, t- I took the payout. Oh, the lump sum. How much is the lump sum? Yeah. That was 10 years uh, ago. The lump sum when I took, when I, yeah, when I took it uh, 15 years ago was like uh, 1.2 million. What is it now? Well, with, with the SEP account from a little business and, uh, and the IRAs and, uh, 457 they all total up to about uh about 5.2 million okay and how old are you uh, i'm 64 years old and how much income are you taking off this 5.2 million dollars in order to support yourself none nothing because i have rental real estate that that almost equals the amount of my month my monthly expenses Got are it. about okay and how much you know, is they, a they how much is a is a well a, a single family residence cost you it's the i'm looking at an area where you know miami with where i'm looking it's expensive it's about a uh, million dollars and would you sell your condo or would you convert it to a rental no, I would keep the condo because that's where we want to retire. And I'm glad you said that because I, we're just going to keep the, the house. My plans are, you know, everything subject to change would be for 10 years and okay. then go back to a condo because it's an easier living when I'm, you know, in my 70s. Got it. I, listen, I really like you. Tell me the net. Uh, I assume you owe no one in the world money. Is that uh, correct? Yep. My rental real estates are paid off. And what's I have the, them, you know, in Florida and in Montana, and my and my apartments paid off. Yeah. And what's the value of all that? Uh, kind of net worth. If I add it all yeah. up, yeah, about uh, about eight point five, eight point six. All right, million. go ahead, buy buy away, enjoy. Yeah, yeah. Even yeah. You yeah, know what? Here's the problem. You know, here's here's what's hard, Chris. You have this much money because you've always lived below your means. Yes. Right. My guess is your condo yep. in Miami is not in the fanciest tower, nor at the top. That's no, no, no. It's right. it's it's on the water, but no, right. right. It's 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 a smaller, you right. know, fourteen hundred square foot with a. Okay. You know, it's not the penthouse. <laughs> right. But you could buy the penthouse if you wanted. But yeah, you don't. I mean, I drive my car, my car is ten years old. Yes. Right. Yep. That's why you have these dollars, right? So, the, so sometimes it's hard. Because a million bucks, like, that's a lot of money, right? It is a lot of money. Still a lot of money. And you think, you remember back in days how hard you worked and how much you made a year, and even at the job you've got now, like, how much you made? Like, that is a lot of money. But on the other part, it's like, you now have $8 million net worth. It's not like you're talking about spending it on something frivolous. You're investing in a house. And my guess, a million bucks for a house in Miami is probably not, it's not... The Scarface Mansion. And we're not actually no. talking about the full million dollars. We're talking about the delta between the value of the condominium Down. and the house itself because you're, you're going to turn that into an investment. You're going to turn that into an investment. How much is the condo worth? 700. See, you okay, got hey, nothing. Three, 300 <laughs> grand. This is getting easier and easier. This is getting easy. Yeah, and then, and, and I was going to pay the down payment, which is 20%, the 200000 from selling selling one of my rental real Great. estate. Great. Perfect. Good. I like Beautiful. it. You do it. Enjoy do it. it. Enjoy it. Start taking money out of that IRA if you need to make the payments to spend it a little if you're not making enough. I'll give you my cell number. Yeah, if your I mean, wife you know, has any questions, my- she can call me. I'll tell her it's a go. Yeah, you can become the marriage counselor. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, yeah, that'll work I mean, out perfect. <laughs> I need yeah. marriage counselor. Yeah, yeah, it's just, you know, a lot of my buddies uh, in the service, you know, they've been, you know, they pass away, man. And I sit there and I said, man, I don't really, 
want to die with all this money. Let's enjoy it. And, and I'm buying the house because we have grandkids now, yep. and it's it's difficult. Now's the time. You saved. You worked hard. You know, seriously, and you worked hard to save these dollars. Yeah, this was you, not. You've made lots of sacrifices over the years for these dollars. And you don't need. You to, are a firefighter. You don't have to justify or apologize to anyone nope. for your success. Just buy the house, enjoy it. Next ten years, hopefully, you get to spend the whole amount of time there. Hopefully, you get to go back to the condo and get to spend another ten or twenty years there. But you so, never know. But you never know, and you got plenty of money. You've, you've achieved the objective. Enjoy it, and I like the way you're doing it. Yep. And totally how you're financing agree. it, and so. then I can pay. I can pay for the expenses of the house from taking out like two to three percent from my tax deferred that, account. That's, that's what, exactly what I just said. So that's start what to, it's for. Start taking money you out of that. You save for the future. The future's okay. here. Yeah, you're gonna. Great have, idea. By, by the oh, way, I you should it. worry more than anything about required minimum distributions on that IRA. At age well, I wouldn't say worry more than anything. Well, more than anything, I would be. I'd be highly concerned. Um, about my required minimum distributions on that IRA at 72. So I might want to address that earlier rather than later. But he is in Florida as yep. primary residence. There's still federal taxes. They're not its own nation. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Appreciate right, the right. call. So then in, instead of instead of converting to a Roth, just use it to, buy, to enjoy the home with my family. Yes, 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 yes. And maybe okay. even a little bit more. And yep, maybe even yep. a little more. All right, listen. I love you guys. You well, told me right. exactly well, what I want to hear. <laughs> Thank you. I didn't sound I'm like you're from Miami right originally, now. by the way. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't always born. No, man. I'm an immigrant. I came here from Cuba. Did my you father really? was oh, my. The Bay what a, yeah. Good for you. Good yeah. for you. God bless my father you. Was in the Bay of, my you're father kidding. was in the Bay of Pigs. How old were you when oh, you came man. to the United but States? My, a, a, under two years old. Because my father fought in World War II, and then after the Bay of Pigs, uh, the government let us in because we fought for the. He fought, you know, with the Merchant Marines, the United States. But yeah, we flew, we, we flew, uh, fled communism, man. Wow, yeah, yeah. 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 It, 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 it probably you probably have a different perspective um, than than others with be, knowing the trajectory your life could have easily taken. Yeah, as opposed to I was yeah. born in the United States, and I feel extremely blessed. I love this country. I'm so yeah. grateful. I could have been born in Cuba. And you may have a scarcity gene that causes you to uh, to save like you do. And you're, you, what we're trying to do is say it's okay to actually start enjoying it now, spending a little bit more. Yeah. And he's only talking about three hundred thousand. Yeah. The difference I, is three hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, it was a little. Yeah, All right, yeah listen. I, I believe I, I believe gratitude for this country. Yeah. Well, I'm, we, me too. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. 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 Thanks a lot. All right. Hey, thanks, Chris. Thank Appreciate it. Let's now go to Michigan, talk with Steve. Steve, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, also, Scott, I just ordered your book. I'm pretty excited to read that. Oh, good. It's a, you won't be able to sleep. Oh, you, yeah. just, just... <laughs> <laughs> what can we do for you, Steve? So, um, so my wife and I have uh, just moved into our first house. We've been here for about a year and a half now. And it's a small farm property. Uh, 37 acres, uh, 32 of which is farmed. And we were just approached by this company uh, in person that they deal in. Um, so we were approached by, by them because of our proximity to a, a power substation. Okay. And what they do is they buy power off of that station, store it, and then sell it back. And um, what they want to do, do they is they store the power. Uh, they've, well, when I looked up the company, they do a lot in solar. Um, so I think that they have this battery technology that they okay. want to put to use elsewhere. Okay. Um, so they store in batteries. So they want to lease um, four to eight acres of our property out back and um, for $1,000 a year. Uh, that, wait, and how much? $1,000 a year per acre. Okay. And normally we would make about 125 per acre, um, but the catch is that this is a 25 to 30 year lease, mm -hmm. and they're going to develop it. So that's not really, you know, with farming it's year to year, whereas this is going to be a developed, um, you know, four to eight acres in the back of our property. So I just initially we told them no because we didn't want to lease out eight of our acres. You know, that's, that's quite a bit of land for only eight grand a year. Okay. Um, so then they came back to us. And they said, well, what about four acres? And they would be willing to work with us on the price. And then I started 
thinking about it more seriously because I'm not wanting to pass up a good passive income opportunity. Um, but I'm just having trouble coming up with how much I would be willing. Can, like I, I want to look back there and I want to be happy with, it, okay, with my choice. Okay. So, so this, these are the questions I would ask before I got to the money side of it. And by the way, uh, one of my neighbors actually does this. Uh, they build solar really? uh, arrays. Yes. Uh, they build solar arrays and then they, they do the battery backup uh, with this. And, and he said, in fact, there's more money in the battery backup than there is in the solar arrays. So obviously this, this is, they're going to an energy plant and saying, Hey, you know, this non-peak time, you can generate energy. It makes it cheaper to, to store it. So what, when they say develop this, what does this mean? Will it ruin the reason you move to the farm would be the first question I would ask. And if it is, if you don't do it, will one of your neighbors do it and ruin the farm anyway? Right. Yeah. And I, I've, I've talked to the neighbors too, like my neighbor directly uh, adjacent to me, and they've said that they're not going to do it. Um, my land is closest to the, um, to the substation. In, in, so any, any other property that would, that would accept this offer, I wouldn't be able to see it. Got it. You would not be able to. And, and so is it right in front of the, would it ruin your view? Would it, that's the first thing. Would it ruin the reason you yeah. bought the property? Are they going to put like a huge cement bunker in there? Um, yeah. So the, the, the thing that they're going to put in there, they're about, um, shipping container sizes. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not like tall, you know, like you'd see like a classic substation. It's not like that. It's, it's more like a, a lower profile thing. And they did tell me that they would be able to landscape it and put trees up and everything. And to be honest, I, I'm, I'm already looking at a, at those big power towers in okay. the very back of okay. our property. Okay. So I it might actually help. It, right. Yeah. I was thinking that. And and um, what and so environmental uh, they're going to give you some environment environmental uh, reassurances that they're not going to ruin the groundwater or the property as a whole. Um, yeah, I have to look through their contract. I probably take the contract to a lawyer if That's I got right. really serious about it. So those are those are the questions. So the question then is, what's the price? Whatever you yeah, negotiate, whatever you, know, like you can get. Dealing with when I'm dealing with a farmer, you know, I know how much he's roughly making. Mm-hmm. Whereas I don't know if I'm, I don't know if these guys are just taking me to the bank yeah, or like, yeah, I don't I know, know how much yeah, they're yeah. making a month. Well, they don't, what they're making doesn't really matter to well, you. Well, it means how he knows how much there's margin there. Yeah. Is how there. much yeah. room there is. Right. And is there a, is there an accelerator on this so that it increases That's by 5% a year or 7% a year? Or? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure on that one. Again, that, I thought about that because I would want to make sure that we're, I would have a pretty good that. accelerator on because I mean, the, the the management, whoever's setting up the structure today, they don't. They're not thinking past five years. That's I mean, right. Say it. That's right. So you put like a, you put like a, an eight percent accelerator yeah, on the twelve. Thing. You start getting paid a fortune on it. Yeah. So you wanna you you would actually take a lower amount for a higher accelerator. Mm-hmm. But if you had a perfect world, you take a high amount with a high accelerator. Mm-hmm. Well, do you think instead of using an accelerator, if I was to ask them uh, for a percentage of their Profits? Do you think that's a good idea? Oh, I think that they would have a hard time actually allocating yeah, that. Yeah, they wouldn't. I, yeah. I doubt that they would I be interested in that. that. That's it's, it's, the only way. Yeah, they wouldn't tell me how much. It's too making. small of a deal. Right. I mean, if it, it, it for, I can't imagine. Yeah, it's it is a pretty small deal for them. So I would just okay. go back to them, and you know, if they said a thousand, I'd say two thousand, and if they said three uh, percent accelerator, I'd say six percent compounded. You want to make sure that okay. you use the word Compound. compounded, right? Because okay. they're going to, even if you agree on it, it's going to put a straight simple, line. Least, yeah, simple straight line. <laughs> Those are the two terms they use. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So make sure that, you know, whatever they, they come in, double it and see what they say. And then make sure that you put okay. a huge accelerator on there, compounded, not simple or straight line. All righty? Okay. All right. That All right. sounds good. All right. Appreciate, Appreciate the call. call. You know, i got to tell you, Pat, we've been doing this a long time. Never had a call quite like that one. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's, uh, yeah, yeah. So I, I mean, it's cell towers. Those are people. Oh, sell towers. yeah. I have clients that yeah. at least sell towers. But this energy backup. My neighbor was telling me, I knew he was in solar, but now he's in this battery backup. And he said they're building these massive, massive solar farms with battery backup. Massive. I wonder what it takes to build these batteries. I mean. <laughs> 
there's obviously an environmental cost to that, right? That's right. I mean, <laughs> probably pretty significant. Yeah, yeah. And some petroleum products too, my guess. And and rare earth materials. Yes, all that stuff. <laughs> all that <Yeah>. stuff. <laughs> Who knows? All right, we'll need. We're gonna take a quick break. We. I, We'll take. We'll have some calls again after we come back. But well, I want to spend a little time talking about non-traded real estate trust because we're actually seeing things uh, take place in that marketplace that we haven't seen for some time. But one would expect commercial properties. Some are some are really predicting dramatic declines in commercial property office buildings in major cities. Oh yes. Oh, absolutely. I read a statistic recently that I'll share after the break about uh, vacancy. Shadow vacancies, shadow vacancies in large oh, cities. a lot of them. Yeah. Anyway, stick around. We'll be more uh, back with more. This is All Worth's Money Matters. Can't get enough of All Worth's Money Matters? Visit allworthfinancial.com slash radio to listen to the Money Matters podcast. Welcome back to All Worth's Money Matters. Scott Hansen, Pat McClain. I'm going to talk before we have calls here about... Non-traded real estate investment trusts. And historically, these were sold by brokers. Commissioned brokers. Yes. There are some products now that are also sold by individual investment advisors or investment advisory firms where they're fee-based advisors where there's a commission waived on it or something. But they're, they're marketed in such a way it's, oh, this is a way that we're going to get real estate exposure, typically in office buildings or shopping centers or senior homes. And you're going to pool your money with other investors. There'll be a professionally managed, professional manager managing the property. You don't have to do anything. And they're non-traded, so you don't have to worry about the price going up and down on a regular basis, and you're going to get a dividend. It's going to pay a, a, a dividend every month or every quarter, depending on how it's structured. And all of that is good, other than the fact that you at points in time, it's hard to actually figure out the price, especially with the smaller sponsors. So we're going to talk about Blackstone right now, which, by the way, is a huge sponsor of non-traded REITs. I'm less worried about the pricing visibility on Blackstone Correct. than I am on the smaller ones. Yes, because they're huge. Because they're massive, and it's a well-respected company. And there's nothing wrong with buying a non-traded REIT at a large institution like Blackstone, where you have trust in their processes, audited financials, where you know they have a track record. This isn't the only asset class that they work in. Where you see these small sponsors sometimes that only do non-traded REITs, they they have you know Bill Smith's accounting firm as their auditor. Yeah. It's just like ah, uh. but the problem with non-traded REITs, and maybe it's not a problem. Is you understand them. You understand that they lack liquidity. And even when you buy it, it may have liquidity, but it may lack liquidity in the future. What does that mean? Lacking liquidity. It's the ability to turn your shares into cash at a moment's notice. That's what liquidity is. And many of the sponsors will say, don't worry about it. We've always turned them into cash. But when you read the, the offering, it will actually tell you that they can apply restrictions at any time. So pre- hope for the best, prepare for the worst. Yeah, and the way this uh, Blackstone, which is one of the largest, I think it is the largest REIT, Breit, they called it, uh, non-traded, big, massive uh, uh, non-traded REIT, their redemptions, they limited it to 2% per month or 5% per quarter of the value. Of the not your value of the total value. So if someone else was first to the door, that's right. They got it. So what ends up happening is each quarter, as they have redemption requests come in, they make a decision at that time uh, of, of how much money they can they can distribute. So if they've got people saying we want 10% enough withdrawals where they have to liquidate 10% of the portfolio. They go back to everybody and say, Hey, I know you wanted to be a sell out. You wanted your hundred grand out. Uh, we're only going to give you 50 grand because we're only going to allow for 5% of the portfolio be liquidated on any particular quarter. This is what they're, they put these restrictions. And by the way, we're not on a big firm like Blackstone or large sponsor, well-respected in the industry. 
it's okay. Just as long as you knew it going in that there were points in time, but and it could be for six months, could be it for a year, it could be for five years, it could be for ten years, it could be for an extended period of time. Part of the problems with these REITs, Scott, quite frankly, is that the cost of borrowing goes up significantly, which puts pressure on cash flow, which means that they don't actually have the cash to redeem their own shares like they once did. Yeah, because because money's more expensive, and so um, it's not good or bad. It's just what it is. But here's the danger. Well, it might be bad. I mean, I don't know anything about this breed. I'm not speaking to whether it's a great investment well, or not. Yeah, a great well, investment. it's most certainly. And and by the way, you can own publicly traded real estate investment trusts that you can liquidate anytime you want, and you could own an index. A publicly traded real estate investment trust. So non-traded is not the only option. But here's what the danger is. The danger in the marketplace right now is shadow inventory. So what does that mean? What is shadow inventory? I can show you, Pat. Let's walk across the hall right now after the studio. <laughs> in our own building. In our own office. So our, our main office is in Folsom, California, suburb of Sacramento. Johnny Cash Folsom Prison, that Folsom. Our office building, we we signed a lease to take over some new space uh, the the week of the lockdowns, right? Yeah, so we We didn't see the lockdowns coming. No, we didn't for whatever reason, we didn't see the lockdowns come. We missed that one. <laughs> uh, uh, so we had planned looked at the space and right before we signed the lease, I remember we were already thinking, I wonder if we're going to have enough space for everybody because the way we're growing, like we might not have enough space, but fortunately in the building, there's more, uh, there was empty space around us. We can, if need be, then lockdown happens. You know, we all know the story. We now. go back before we do the build out. We tell the, uh, the owner of the building, Hey, we're going to postpone everything by six months, but we're not bailing on the building. Yeah. Anyway, fast forward till today. A lot of people, particularly professionals, work some sort of hybrid environment. 30, 40, 50% of their time from home. Correct. And some are on teams that their home, maybe their team's scattered in different parts of the country. They have very little need to come into the office. And some we hired during the pandemic that will never see our office. So we have... In our own building, our own space, we have shadow inventory, which is we are on the hook for a long period of time on a lease. Yes. And we are not using all the space. We'll probably grow into this space. Well, well the next- we, we, some days we do, but yeah, but, but <laughs> on Mondays and Fridays, it's quite, but New York, quite- New York city, they, they think that the analysts think that some 40% of the space is not being used at all in these office buildings, at all, zero. We've seen this in the Salesforce Tower in uh, downtown San Francisco. Yep. We have seen this in across the country. That shadow inventory will come onto the market, and it will come. And I on- don't think this. I don't think hybrid work working is going to change. I don't think. I think we're here. It's here oh, for good. I couldn't agree more, Scott. Whether you like it or don't like it, that's yeah, a whether you think it's productive or not productive. It's a different question. Yes, whether you. It's what the employees demand, and quite frankly, we enjoy it, Um, right? They enjoy it. So this shadow inventory will hit the market at some point in time. It is very, very difficult to actually convert office into residential. Extremely difficult. piping and everything else. Uh, Piping, actually window lines. All that. HVAC. It's very, very difficult. So this will put pressure on it. Some of it's being converted over to mini storage. Much easier to do to mini storage. There's only so much mini storage you can actually put. There's only <laughs> so many garages you need to put your garbage in. Um, but these these REITs will continue. Medical REITs should probably do okay. Recreation REITs have, you know, not done well. They probably won't do well. That's bowling alleys, that sort of thing. They Some of the recreation leases, depending upon what they are, and then the other are, you know, we've got mini storage or storage leasing. So there's a lots of different 
uh, types yeah. of. But you can also overpay. I mean, there's someone could make an argument that some of these areas could be overvalued or undervalued. Oh, uh, correct. Yeah. A multifamily. So you're not. You're not sitting there saying that. No. No. Make a, Making that, a recommendation. There's on what lots kind of, of different types of uh, real estate investment trusts. Yeah. Yes. But back to these non-traded REITs. They come out with an, and we've talked about this in the past. They come out typically with a net asset value share price of ten bucks a share. And who decides each quarter what the share should be worth? First of all, and if they're sold, they're traded. The commission is paid on them. Yeah. And sometimes, but it's even said in that, but Scott, if you come out with ten dollars a share and pay a fifty cent commission to someone for each share, and the price is still ten dollars a share, where did that fifty cents come from? So day one, they're mispriced. Yeah, they've, they've, I think the SEC has tried to tighten Which, up some of that stuff. They have. has somebody up. But the challenge with these, when something's non-traded, nobody knows the price. What's your home worth? I don't know. You have an idea what it could have been worth last week or last month, maybe. But it's only worth, you would only know what your home's truly worth if you sold the house. Then you know. As a buyer and a seller, that's when you know the value. So these companies... They're doing their best estimate. They have to use a best estimate. They are estimates. And when it's a declining environment, like commercial properties, mo- nobody knows what tomorrow brings, but certainly feels like there's a decline in prices. The question is, on some of these smaller ones, Pat, that are being audited by Joe Smith Auditing Company, like how aggressive are they on making sure that they have the correct price? But auditors? Or, or they... You mean auditors? Enron, <laughs> MCR WorldCom, that sort of thing. <laughs> you're not saying Blackstone's that. You're just, I did, no, no, absolutely no, not Blackstone. I'm just saying that. Um, so when before you get into something, understand how you can get out. If it's not a publicly traded investment, how what happens? Worst case scenario, how do you get out? What's how do you unwind worth? this? What's it worth? How's it priced? Those things are important. So, all right, let's uh, take some calls here. Let's talk with Carla. Carla, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Hi, guys. Love your show. Thank Listen you. to it every Saturday. Awesome. So, my question is actually, I'm speaking on behalf of my husband. It's regarding IULs and what do you guys think about them? Good, bad. What's an IUL? Indexed Universal Life. Indexed Universal. Yeah. Like an IA is an index annuity. This is an IUL. I've never recommended them. I don't own one. I would not purchase one. You would not purchase one. No, no. no. And, and, and what would the reason? Like, what are what are the reasons why you would say? Well, that? I think they're gimmicky. First, first of all, um, the, the the first question you should ask yourself is: Do you need permanent insurance or not permanent insurance? Right. Let's not. Let's not even talk about whether it's IUL or UL or whole life or variable universal life, VUL. Let's, let's, we'll leave that all behind. Let's just say it was okay. the greatest product. It was a permanent product. It was the greatest product in the world. The first question you ask is, do I need permanent life insurance? Which means, do I need life insurance for my whole entire life? Do I need it for no. 20 years, 30 years, 40 years? You need that. So what are you trying to insure against? Do you have children at home? No, they're all adults. Okay. And so are you retired or close to retirement age? My husband just retired from a, from his main job, and he's working a, like a part-time job now. So one of our friends or family friend uh, was talking to him about maybe thinking about doing an IUL just for saving on taxes when he starts to withdraw some money. Okay. And so here's the, the pitch behind this, is this IUL. Let me back up. So what ends up happening, there's a lot of people, it doesn't take much to get an insurance license at all. Okay. You could do a week class, Carla, and you go down and you take the test and you're an insurance license, and now you can go out and t- go, go to your friends and say, hey, I've got this great product. Let me tell you all the wonderful things it's going to do, which they believe. Yes. But mm-hmm. what they don't know are the other 99 other products that exist out there that maybe are even better because they haven't really been trained on that. Like the alternatives. Like right? a Roth IRA right. first. Right. Or a, mm. or a S&P 500 fund. Right. 
So that's why you start with the premise of, do you need insurance at all? And if you do need insurance, how long do you need it for? So in your situation, right. the kids are out of the house. Um, your husband's retired. Did he retire with a pension? Yes. Okay. Is it, is there, are there survivor benefits on the pension? So that if he passes yes. away, some okay. money goes to you. So if you said no, then we're like, well, he. I'm sorry. He actually took um, a lump sum and, and invested and, and has rolled it over into an IRA. So there you go. A beneficiary on the IRA. There you go. Right. So that all that money has been earned. Um, you he didn't invest with the friends who sell him the equity index annuity. <laughs> no, okay. no. But their 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 pitch is that he can withdraw that money. Tax free, tax free. If he puts it in the IUL, and you know, but you got to pay tax to get it out of the. You got to pay tax to get it out of the IRA. Yeah, yeah. You would never use money from an IRA and put it in. You can't. I guess you could. You could pull it all out, pay taxes on it, and put it in there. Yeah, that would just be idiotic. Worse, maybe worse than that. Yeah, malpractice or (laughs) yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) there is there's no conceivable world that I live in. financially where you would even you would even try to make that uh argument so and i could see okay. the time when a variable life insurance might make some sense or a fixed life insurance but the index you know it makes no sense to me well that's because of i understand the mathematics i understand how it all works behind the, the market curtain. cycles the whole bit so what they're selling is what they're selling uh carla to you is how life insurance policies are structured which is they go in fifo and uh, they come out FIFO, which yeah. is first in, first mm-hmm. out, and which means that you put your your deposits in, you draw those out. Then any m- amount remaining there, you can borrow against the policy contract. As long as the contract's in place on the date of death, then it's, it's magic. Tax-free. It's all tax-free. How about the cost of insurance That's along what, the way? W- right. with, without, mm. if, you were, if you've lived in a world without cost, right, then – It would make sense. Then it would be much like <laughs> – it would make sense for us all to fly travel private jet if it wasn't for the cost. Is that a bad right. analogy? Yes, I think it is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I get it, though. I get the point. Yeah, yeah you, you have no need for not this. Not only is most people not flown fly, private, most people don't know anyone who flies private unless I, they have a little Cessna or something. Yeah. I watch it. Okay. Watch this. The, 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 You're watching too much Netflix. I watch the. Uh, you watch billionaires. Showtime billions, okay. right? <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, you and you would never use the money in the IRA, never ever. Okay. So in your that husband's portfolio should probably be sixty percent equities, forty percent bonds and cash, and then a monthly distribution set up so you can retire comfortably. That's all you need Perfect. to know. All righty. Thank you. All that right, was Carla. my question. All right, Glad thanks, you Carla. called. Take care. You know, it's funny, Pat. I was, I was thinking, I was thinking this. Was there earlier today? I don't know why I'm thinking about these these silly products. The insurance company comes up, insurance industry. Like in this situation, if the if having like an index on the securities market works so well, why wouldn't the insurance company do that with uh-huh. their own portfolio? <laughs> right. You think well, they're taking any of their portfolio and say we're going to spend this on options in case the markets uh, do well? To hit no, no. Because long term, it's a zero, you're not going to make money that way. That's an excellent point. <laughs> and it and it, it, it ignores dividends that are paid in the underlying index. Well, the, the, the way they're structured, they well, actually, their, the fact that they create their own indexes now, which is really amazing. But I'm just thinking, if that strategy, I understand how the, the, they go and invest for once for that pool. Yeah. But if it works so well, why wouldn't they do it in their own in their own pool? Yeah. It does. It's the risk, yeah. <laughs> right? I understand all that. Stuff. Yeah. Well, you do, but I think you're doing that for the benefit of the listeners. But just how that was pitched—that you take your money out of an IRA, pay taxes, and put it into an index universal life—just shows it. What, what it shows is lack of experience or the person trying to sell the product. I remember as a, in a college student, I went to um, uh, A.L. Williams. Did you? It was a, the coach? Yeah. It was multi-level marketing. It was my uh, uh, pastor from our church. Had, somehow he left the church and it became a um, multi-level marketing guy with uh, A.L. Williams. And I went and they said basically how you can be a part-time financial advisor. And I think it was a gardener was sitting next to me and somebody else, right? And and uh, they were pitching me on being a 
a financial plan. You decided to finish college instead. Yeah, I, I think yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was all on a part-time basis. But I remember my the pastor looked at me and he's he's trying to get us all pumped up. And he's hey, Scott, if you could drive any kind of car, what kind of car would you drive? <laughs> and I remember looking at him and thought, you're like my pastor. You're not, I'm supposed right. to help me to God, <laughs> not think about those things. Those come naturally. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like come on, buddy. <laughs> the lust of the eyes of part of life and all that stuff. I don't need help with that. <laughs> I know that. I, I was born with that. <laughs> That's my first thought. <laughs> so I'm guessing you didn't sign up. No, I didn't sign up. No. Let's head to Virginia now. We're going to talk with Jeff. Jeff, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Hey, uh, thank you, gentlemen, for taking my call. I really, uh, really enjoyed your show. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, thank you. Hey, uh, I had a, a plan in place for a semi-early retirement, and then some things changed. And so I think I have a new plan. I want to run it past you um, and see if you have any things that might be missing, other ideas or anything that Great. might overlooked. Happy to help. So um, we were on a uh, path to have our mortgage paid off when I hit – age 56 and a half. I'm a federal employee, so that would be my minimum retirement age where I could start drawing a reduced pension. Um, then we, uh, about two years ago, right before COVID, we bought a 28-acre uh, a, a property with an old farmhouse on it. And to do that, we took um, 176000 176, um, uh, a new mortgage, took cash out 176000 So, my mortgage is now 337, so there's no way I'm going to pay it off in the next couple of years. I'm 54 and a half now. Um, so what I'm what I'm considering is uh, uh, when I look at uh, what from from the federal pension, you can take at 56 and a half. I can take a I can start immediately, and it'll be reduced by five percent per year, so 25 percent. Uh, and I was thinking, oh, that's too much. And then I did a uh, analysis just showing like total total payments I would get if I start at fifty six and a half yeah. versus waiting to sixty two. Yeah. And the break even point's like seventy five years old. Yeah. So that was far enough out for me to say, well, kind of a wash. Well um okay, but it ignores a net present value calculation, but keep going. okay. Uh so you know, we've got our last kid in uh, our second kid in college, he'll be graduated, so you know car payments will be done um, auto insurance down, you know, we're doing some prepayment on the mortgage, things like that. So anyway, when I look at my fixed expenses, um, I think I'm about $1,500 short per month, um, of what I spend now. That's for car maintenance, farm stuff, tractors, whatever. So, uh, what I'm thinking about is taking that balance at $1,500 a year, uh, sorry, $1,500 a month from my thrift savings plan, over the course of five years, to give me to age 62, I'd be withdrawing like $90,000. Uh-huh. Um, so, at the, and then at that point, you know, Social Security would be kicking in, and, and um, then that would make How much do you have in your thrift savings plan? Uh, it's 450 and then I have about 100 in a in a traditional IRA. All right. And so, so do you what's have- your, what's your, wait, hold a bit. What's your annual income now? We're, it's it's like two seventy ish counting everything. That's my federal retirement, my wife's job. Um, I'm sorry, my military retirement, wife's job, and, and my job. And so you own two properties now, days. right? You own this farm and your primary residence. Yes, we have our, our home in Northern Virginia and uh, the farmhouse. And we, you know, we're not sure what we want to do long term down there, but we, for right now, we want to keep. Uh, and how much, how, when you, let's say, say 56 and a half, you retire between your military pension and your pension from your employer. What's your, how, what's the annual income there? Just, uh, just those. Uh, it'd be 50, 70, around 80, 85, something like that. And I'm still making the mortgage payment here. So that's where, you know, bulk of the money, that's about 3000 a month. Well, is where the bulk what's wrong with working a few more years? Um, it's, well, I, I certainly could. I have, I have a, uh, I have a certainly, I have a good job. Um, I could, I could do that right now. What I'm, I'm spending a lot of time down at the the property trying to improve it and work on the house, work on the land, and you know there might be some things we want to do down there with some, perhaps some um, farming or some other business opportunities down there. So, well, you, the, the problem is, is when we're talking about fifteen hundred dollars a month, and we're talking about two different properties and this income of two twenty. 
back significantly. You're cutting mm-hmm. it really. You're 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 looking for little zigs and zags when you should be giving yourself large margins of error. Mm. And that's what scares me. So if okay. if you were sitting down with a yeah, financial, that's exactly ad- what I was thinking. I mean, yeah. like. It's it's going to be a little tight to make all this stuff work. Yeah, I'm not worried about you being destitute. You got great income coming in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you'll be fine. You just might not have the lifestyle you want. Um, yeah, whereas no, you might right. decide that I can down. work another two years and we could fix all this. Hmm. Um, you need yeah, a full and, and financial was, plan. That's what you need. Okay. Are you. And, you need you need someone to actually sit down with on a screen and you can do what if scenarios. Yep. Mm-hmm. Where now when I get to uh, when I get to sixty two, I draw Social Security and all that, and I've got I, you know I have my military VA and and federal, and my wife will have a retire teacher's retirement from the state and the county. So we we don't when we hit sixty two, I hit sixty two, sixty four. We won't need. Um, the the thrift savings That's or the right. IRA. We should have enough current income coming in. At Understand, that point but where but we need to draw anything. but but the, but but you've 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 cut it pretty close. So what happens is by delaying retirement even a year or eighteen months or two years, you're cutting that gap. So what you're trying to do is look at that thrift yeah. savings plan is a way to make up a gap in income. A social security social, bridge. Uh, yeah, we call it a social security bridge. I mean, it might be the appropriate thing. I fully agree with Pat. Like the. the, the you really need to use some good financial planning uh, software and do some different what if scenarios. And you might say, look, it's worth it for me. I I'm at 56 and a half. I'm out of here, period. And then like, okay, well, what's that look like? And what's that your probability of, of outcome in the future? And it might say, uh, maybe if I, I take it another, another year or two. And you can do it with your own financial software, or you can go and hire an advisor that can walk you through it, but you're cutting it really close. And that's why we would suggest you actually just do some more in-depth planning to make sure that that Social Security bridge is really going to work. I appreciate the call, Jeff. Yeah, I wish you well, Jeff. Unfortunately, that is all the time we have. As always, great being with you. Uh, We will see you next week. This has been Allworth Financial's Money Matters. This program has been brought to you by Allworth Financial, a registered investment advisory firm. Any ideas presented during this program are not intended to provide specific financial advice. You should consult your own financial advisor, tax consultant, or estate planning attorney to conduct your own due diligence.